happy, the ball itself has its own energy, or life force, if you will. Its natural environment is in the hole. So why don't you send him home? His bags are packed. He's got his airplane tickets. Bring him to the airport. Send him home. <laughs> send him home. I just send him home. It's time to go home there, ball. Son of a bitch, Paul, why didn't you just go home? That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Suck my white ball! Welcome in to another special edition DNVR Movie Week podcast. Ryan Konigsberg joined by Ali Monroy today. And the movies we were assigned were Ali and happy gilmore and ali these movies could not be more different so so different i feel like it's unfair to have to compare them both great movies but just one more serious the other laughable family classic very different maybe a little bit of maybe not a family classic you would say that oh i guess maybe there's some cursing in happy gilmore but Let's start with Happy Gilmore because that's the one that we both watched most recently. Um, About six months or so ago, I watched Waterboy, another Adam Sandler classic. And I was really disappointed. And I I don't think it's still in the bracket as we record this. but No, it's not. I was really disappointed because I loved it when I was a kid. And when I watched it, it just it didn't hold up it didn't it it wasn't that funny to me anymore no it definitely doesn't hold up we talked about this on the first podcast we recorded for movie week and it's a movie that would not be okay in 2020 (laughs) yeah there's a lot a lot going on there um well both of these would that and that's what i wanted to get to is happy gilmore arguably my favorite movie when i was a kid um and i was worried because i haven't seen it in a few (laughs) years like oh god this could be another one that doesn't hold up it definitely holds up it's still extremely good it's still extremely funny um in the sports movie spectrum it's definitely a sports movie most of the action in the movie takes place on the course yeah i was i almost liked it more watching it from like a, a trying to like analyze it than i ever have i agree it's definitely a great movie you have so many different elements that tie you in consistently the timing of it it's only an hour and a half an easy movie to digest then you've got um to the challenges then you've got the grandma you feel that love for the grandma and you just want her to be happy then Gilmore happy Gilmore has his love interest there's a lot of different areas that tie you in and keep you interested throughout the movie. Well, with Ali, it's two and a half hours. It's a great movie. But with any movie that, that's, that it's that long, just feels like maybe you could have cut 30 minutes of this and sped it up in certain parts. And it would have been a lot more easy to digest. Yeah. So... You mentioned, I mean, Happy Gilmore is an hour and a half. Ali is two and a half hours. And it definitely, you definitely 
need a lot of the stuff in Ali. It, it, it covers a lot of important topics. It's a heavy movie. It is. Honestly, I mean, it. you see uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King get shot in the movie. Yeah. And so when you see a, a, a movie like that, you understand why they feel like they have to, you know, stretch some things out. But as I watched it, especially knowing the, the time difference, I got like uh, in my head a little bit criticizing the length of it. And there are a lot of scenes that just drag on. Yeah, I think for me, like looking back on the love interest aspect of it, like in Happy Gilmore, that stuff just flows with it. I feel like some of it in Ali was a little forced. Um, There are some relationships, of course, you want to know about the relationships that Ali has with the people he with the girls that he's met, but some of them were just like, okay, with the wife that he had for a long time, I understand. We want to see that relationship. We want to see her angry. We want to see the impact that she made on all these decisions. But some of the other girls, the first girl that he married right after seeing her, like some of those could have been just kind of a little faster. I think that was the dilemma they got stuck in. And I think they did a, I don't want to say a poor job. They didn't, I don't think they did a great job of figuring out how to attack this. Muhammad Ali's life is very, very complex. His story is incredible. There's so much to tell. I feel like it could have been a four part documentary that lasted eight hours. And so they're caught in between these two things okay we we have to make sure we tell this story and that story and this story and that story but we still have to make it compelling as a movie and make it move along and I feel like they got lost in between the two sides and I understand why the first wife was a big that was when like he was like you have to be Muslim it showed a lot about his religion but I personally would have rather them dive deeper into his relationship with Malcolm X because Malcolm X gets shot and he's sad he cries but then they move on and and his conversation before that was they didn't really have a conversation he kind of seemed angry at Malcolm X so I would have I would have rather had them dive deeper into his relationship with Malcolm X than some of these other little relationships that don't seem as important because Ollie definitely was a movie that showed you a lot about history. It could have been a documentary. Like you said, uh, you see where what's going on in the United States at that time. You see what the world is like. You see equality issues. You see the back of the bus, him as a child going, you see so much and it's such a great film. So I personally would have liked to dive deeper in some of those other important issues a little more than I feel like sometimes movies feel like they have to have a love interest or they have to show that side of things to kind of lighten it up or pull on your heartstrings a bit. And sometimes it's necessary. Like I said, with a second wife, other times I feel like it's like, eh. Right. And, and that's where I feel like they got caught is like, okay, like this Malcolm X thing is so important. We need to dive into it. And then they like half dove into it because they didn't want to use too much time because they didn't want to make it a three hour movie. But then, like you said, the, key parts of the movie of any movie you know the love interest they're like well we need to spend time on this because we want this to apply we want this to appeal to just the average joe at home who just wants to watch a movie for fun doesn't want to be you know brought into a deep conversation so i think that was the one place where i think they struggled a little bit in the end it's a great movie but 
it felt like they just didn't nail the execution. From out of all the boxing movies that I've seen, I thought it was it was more of that documentary style film. Um, you look, you think of Creed. That one's I feel like more of entertainment style. I don't know. It's just I really liked Ali. It was my first time ever watching it, and I love boxing movies and I love seeing that side of history and I love. And all of that. And while we were watching it, Ryan, you brought up the significance of Denver with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. I mean, he has a little bit of history in terms of uh, his relationship with Denver. Um, I can't remember who he was fighting, and I should know this. But there was a fighter who lived in Denver. And he, Muhammad Ali, came to his house in Denver, which was, I believe, in the Five Points area. And... (laughs) At three in the morning or in the wee hours of the morning, Muhammad Ali and his posse are standing outside this guy's house, banging on pots and pans and causing a ruckus just to embarrass him, just to make him come out. His whole, you know, uh, his whole neighborhood is out looking what's what's going on. What's the ruckus? It's Muhammad Ali standing on top of a car, smashing pots and pans together just to cause a ruckus. And embarrassed the guy. Which just really shows Muhammad Ali. He loved to talk trash. You, Ryan, said that you loved that aspect of him in as a competitor. It was that that's my that's the part that I think Will Smith nailed in this movie, playing Muhammad Ali. He got the arrogance and the the smoothness of it. And that's what made Muhammad Ali special. He was uh, an incredible competitor, an incredible boxer, and an incredible trash talker. And he did it with such fluidity that I don't think anyone else has ever seen. I mean, just his banter back and forth with Howard Cosell, like all of it, it's so smooth. And I think that's what made him, just from a, that perspective, from a cockiness and a uh, a trash talking perspective, that's what made him special and different. Definitely. I mean, all of it rhymed. He was so clever. He was very smart. One of my favorite parts of the movie definitely was such a small scene, Ryan, but it was when he was really, really interested in the termites. Like it really showed his intelligence that he (laughs) cares about all these little things and he wanted to keep learning. Like Malcolm X goes, why are you up? It's like 3 a.m. And he's like, I just got caught up in this documentary about these termites. He's so smart and he's so clever. And so his trash talking is definitely clever. Sometimes there's other times where I'm just like, "Eh." but I'm one in sports. My personality is if you got it, you don't have to talk. Your your game talks. You're very different no, in that, no, Ryan. No. So. And boxing, I think, is different. From and that I agree, boxing is different. But he was definitely very clever, very smooth, very confident. People love to be around him. It was a really great film. There's a lot of things I liked about it. Yeah, it's crazy the scene where he's sitting there and he's like hanging out with Malcolm X and Jim Brown and Sam Cooke, and it's just like, man, like he was larger than life and everyone wanted to be around him. Um, and, and I think that's just that he had that charm, you know, like as, as brash as he could be at times, it was, it was charming. And I thought Will smart, Will Smith nailed that part of the role. Um, from a sports movie perspective, I think you would like a little bit more boxing. Um, I agree. Definitely. That's what I mean when I said that 
this one definitely felt more of a documentary style compared to other boxing movies we've seen like Creed. Creed was more of that entertainment. Like you're seeing so much about him practicing, him training, him getting into the ring and fighting while this was like he, they had to tell his story. Absolutely. And I think that, again, that's part of the challenge they had. It's like, okay, we got to tell the story of Muhammad Ali, the person. We got to tell the story of Muhammad Ali, the boxer. We got to tell the story of his relationship with Malcolm X. There's so much to cover. It's it's not a great uh, subject to try and fit into a Hollywood-style movie. I think that's where they struggled a little bit. But um, what was your favorite scene in each of the two movies? Well, I, I first want to... Just before, I don't want to pass over. I was really impressed with the the camera angles in Muhammad Ali from it just being an old movie. Like when they were boxing, they had a and I, that's me being a video nerd here. But they had a camera, kind of like a GoPro, on the person being hit. So you saw that, or the person hitting. So Muhammad Ali punching him. You saw all of that action. And I feel like I haven't seen that in other boxing movies that intensely, like you're seeing like what that other person is seeing when they're being hit. And then also when they're hitting. So that was just a little thing that I was impressed with the time period that this movie was shot, the technology that they had and the way that they were able to add those, incorporate those camera angles. Your favorite scene. Um, my favorite scene in, I don't know. Do you have it off the top of your head? Let so, me think. So my favorite scene in Ali is actually when he's in Africa training and he's oh, running through the streets yes. and all the kids are running with him. And like that leads me into another thing, which is I think the soundtrack in it is phenomenal. It's not your classic movie soundtrack of a bunch of songs that you like or you might play again. But I thought like the soundtrack the song playing in that scene was like so perfect. The song that they play at the end of the movie is so perfect. Um, I thought they did a really good job with the music and that scene, I don't know, it's so inspiring when he goes and sees how, how he's inspired them. And there's like, you know, the mural of him like punching a fighter plane out of the sky because he's anti-war. It was just that scene was like where you realize like the global impact that he had. I agree. That scene was Definitely one that sticks to your head. Another one that I loved had to be when he um, convinced his, uh, <coughs> sorry, his broadcast friend um, to be on air when he was going through the whole uh, Supreme Court trial appeal, all that. And he tells the story of the way it's going to be like when he's boxing and what the announcer is going to say. And he's rhyming and he's, and he's just so charismatic and you're just, He's painting a story, and it was so captivating. But if I ever was to get in the ring with Joe, here's what you might see. Ali comes out to meet Frazier, but Frazier starts to retreat. If Joe goes back an inch farther, he'll wind up in a ringside seat. Ali swings with his left. Ali swings with his right. Just look at the kid carry the fight. Frazier keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's only a matter of time before Ali lowers the boom. Ali swings with his right. What a beautiful swing. But the punch lifts Frazier clean out of the ring. Frazier's still rising and the referee wears a frown because he can't start counting till Frazier comes down. Frazier's disappeared from view. The crowd is getting frantic. But our radar station's done picked him up. He's somewhere over the Atlantic. Now who would have thought when they came to the fight they was going to witness the launching of a black satellite? But don't wait for that fight. It ain't never going to happen. Only thing you could do is wonder and imagine. 
So I think that and him running in uh, Africa is probably my two favorites. Yeah, his relationship with Howard Cosell. Uh, yes. For me, like f- from a journalist's perspective, is so cool, and I think it's almost one of a kind and just. At- on its own um and that that's the part that like really gets you from our at least from my side of it is like oh man that's so cool like he loves to jab uh Howard Cosell no pun intended and Howard can take it and he loves to throw it back at him yeah Howard does throw it back he loves to ask him the tough questions he's not a like it's like this great rivalry that's rooted in respect and then becomes a friendship and I think the the reason that Howard can ask those tough questions is because any athlete, Muhammad Ali in this case, knows that it's not coming from a malicious place. He's doing his job. And I feel like we can relate to that as reporters in the sports world that when you have a good relationship, you know, you have to do your job. They're doing their job. But sometimes you got to ask the tough questions. And it's not because Howard was going to write a terrible piece or trash talk him on the radio. It was because he needed to ask him and Muhammad Ali respected that. Yeah, exactly. And that's, a, I mean, not to go too in, in depth onto our side of this, but when athletes or uh, subjects no, understand that we have a job to do, the relationship is always, but you know, whenever someone wins the Darren Williams, good guy award, they always say something along the lines of like, I understand you guys are just doing your job. And I, th- I feel like um, Ali totally understood that. I couldn't help – you know how when you watch a movie in different times of your life, you notice little different things about Definitely. it? Definitely. <laughs> this is random. The whole time I was thinking, oh, my God, if Muhammad Ali ever had a podcast, it would have been incredible. <laughs> of course you thought of that. Yes. Um, okay, we've talked a lot about Ali. Yes. So a little bit about Happy. It was – It's so. it just moves along so smoothly. All the little punchlines, like, lead into another one. It, I mean, it, it – it's essentially like a, a long series of punchlines. Definitely. So what's the best scene? Uh, the best scene. There's so many good ones that just make you laugh. Um, I really liked the alligator scene when he attacks the alligator in honor of Chubb. <laughs> um, and then I also laughed really hard when he would go to his happy places. Um, I, it's really hard to pick one scene. Do you have a scene? I liked when the... Uh, air conditioning falls on the old woman oh my god (laughs) it's really it's so weird comparing these two movies it really Um, is because some of these are just and obviously like um ollie is just so serious like this one you can laugh at the old woman having an air conditioning fall on her and chuckle at happy being like oh no um i think well my favorite part of the movie is the relationship with chubbs it's like it's like this weird integration of like so like the hero movie, which is essentially what this is, like always has the mentor. And I just mm-hmm. feel like they nailed the role. I feel like he nailed that relationship. So anything with those two, I love. Um, but the my favorite scene probably is when Happy is just taking the baseballs. Like just yes, I was in, about to bring yeah, that just up. Standing in Vatican, <laughs> like I don't know why. Whenever I think of this movie, that's the first thing I think. And of. it's so clever because then you see uh, the little boy in the background. It's not the main shot, but you see the little boy in the background doing the same thing, and yeah. trying to be as tough, and then falling and being like, "Oh!" Another little clever thing, a clever scene that Happy Gilmore had was when they were ice skating um, with the girl. I'm really bad at names. Um, and it was their first date 
and they're dancing. They kissed already. It's great. And then they go to the guy on the Zamboni lip singing the song and just so like good. really feeling it. Like those things are just so clever. Just it's just so easy to make you laugh. Like they're really not trying hard to make you laugh in the, this movie. It just flows so well. One other thing. I forget the name of the actor, but uh, Shooter McGavin. Oh, yes. He, like, you hate him, obviously, but he nailed that role. He really did. He completely nailed it. My One of my favorite parts, too, is when he's like, man, maybe I should try this. And he's, like, in the forest, like, trying to run up and hit the ball. Have you ever uh, have you ever tried the, the Happy Gilmore strategy out on the course? No, I was at Top Golf the other day, <laughs> and it says on there, don't do that. And I, I was know. like, I, I how wish... would I do? How? I don't even know. I'm not very good at golf. I'm learning one of my 2020 goals. Um, I just don't even know how y- I'm focusing on so many other things that running up is just adds an extra step that I don't want to <laughs> add in there. I wish it just said on the thing, like no happy Gilmore's. Everyone knows what that means. Maybe it's copyrighted or trademarked. Could be, could be. <laughs> uh, what that actually reminds me of the, my least favorite part of the movie is the final scene when he's lining up for the putt to win and the tower falls over and they're just like, oh, you got to play it as it lies. As someone who understands the rules of golf, that is definitely not how it would work in real life. So that was like, I'm like, that's the one thing that I'm like, that's too unrealistic for me. Not happy being able to, you know, get a hole in one on a par four. It's the fact that they made him play over a tower. Uh, the grandma definitely may be my favorite character. My favorite secondary character. Obviously, Happy Gilmore is your first, but she's just so great. Oh, also the scene with Bob Barker. That's a classic as well. That one is. Um, That's like maybe the most quotable scene, line in the movie. The price is wrong. You know what? That's And, he, I mean, he really knew how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good night. Like, you're just expecting to beat him up and then... Yeah, Bob I really Parker was expecting him. that. All right. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. These two went up against each other in the bracket. Uh, we know. know who advanced, but who did you vote for? I voted for Happy Gilmore. <sighs> Which... I, <laughs> okay, so I had a strict rule for my votes on uh, this. I didn't want to make this a competition of what is the best film. Yes, definitely. Because I'm not a film critic. I wanted to make this a competition. Which movie did I enjoy the most? Exactly. And it's so hard to go against happy here. And and that's why it won. I mean, Ali is an incredible film. You learned so much of it. I was so interested. I really didn't know much about Muhammad Ali's history and past and all of that until watching this film. And it was really, really, really intriguing to learn, made me want to go do some more research, kind of dive into those topics that I didn't get answered, my questions that I didn't get answered. Well, Happy Gilmore is one you just put on, you watch, you laugh, and then you move on. Ollie left you thinking, and I definitely last night after watching it had some questions, was very intrigued, thinking about what was going on. This one I was like, ah, oh, it was a great movie. I can move on with the rest of my day. Yeah, again, if I was trying to be a film critic here, I might end up going the Ali way. I mean, it covers important topics while staying entertaining. It, it does some good things, but I like I said, from the start, and maybe if I voted after I watched the two, I would have realized, like, oh, Ali's a lot more significant. Yeah. But I, I voted before, and my, my, my strategy on all my votes has been which 
which movie do I enjoy watching the most? And so that's that's how Happy got the nod. And I mean, I mean, you've brought it up multiple times already on this podcast, but that was a really difficult film to film. Yep. Those um, directors and producers and actors did a fantastic job. So if I was definitely looking at it from like criticizing the actual film, I think I would have voted for Ali. But just laughing, enjoying it it being easy to go through and watch the whole movie and not feel I just really the timing of movies can get to me especially depending on when you're watching them if you're watching them late at night you know it makes you a little more tired when a film's kind of dragging on I felt the same which people are gonna freak out about but I felt the same at um the first time I watched Fight Club that's a long movie I was like oh my god okay certain scenes are just dragging on of course at the end of it it makes sense why those scenes needed to drag on but these longer films even Wolf of Wall Street I feel like those longer films are great and I know why they're longer but to me if they were just a little shorter I'd probably enjoy them even more fair enough all right well thanks for everyone for tuning in and thanks for joining us on the uh, the movie brackets and voting and participating and uh, thanks for tuning into this podcast we'll talk to you soon <laughs>